It has been a weekend. Um, I didn't remember how tired I would be. Sure enough. Okay, not only am I tired, but our sound equipment is tired. It doesn't get this much use on a weekly basis. So, man, it's been a great weekend. Um, I'm excited that, like, a big goal of ours as a student ministry was that not only that we could have an awesome weekend for our students, but that we could show the parents and the rest of the body, what, it, what goes on uh, in the student ministry here at Harvest, and, and also to get the body involved and engaged in the lives of students. Because a lot of times we hear in churches that the students are the future. You guys ever heard that? That's, that's, that, that's true, but you know what? They're actually the present. Like, they're the church today, right? And so, man, I, I, I'm really passionate about uh, bridging the gap between the age groups in our body because, man, we need, like, it's, it's so awesome that we have a healthy church, right? We have, we have diapers to diapers, and I am incredibly thankful for that because, you know what? We, we always have somebody in the pipeline, right? Like, we're, we're not going to die anytime soon because for every uh, senior adult that we have in this church, well, we're, we're trying to one-up you. We got how many kids are baking right now in the oven? I mean, we've got babies, we got babies coming left and right and center. And so, man, we're so thankful that you are getting to join us for our final session of D-Now. And I'm praying that not only would God speak to the students, but that he would speak to you this morning. And so throughout the course of the weekend, we've had, we've been on a journey. Um, and, and our journey has been to look at the key components to Christianity. We're looking at how simple it is, right? How simple Christianity truly is. Um, and so we've been looking at the why. So um, Friday night, we, we discussed why do we even need Christ? Why do we need Jesus? Last night, we looked at what is Christianity? Can we define it? What is it? And we looked at how uh, through the source of Christianity, which is Christ, right? Let's look at what he said. What was the summary of what he taught? And then tonight, we're going to look at the how. Or it's not tonight. This morning, right? This morning, we're going to look at the how. How to be, like, how does this practically work itself out in our lives? So how to be a Christian. And so this morning, as we continue uh, the progression uh, we're going to look at how this, how it works itself out in your life daily. So let's pray, and then we're going to jump in. Lord, we come before you this morning. God, we need you to move. I don't have anything good to share in the flesh, but God, um, I pray that you would speak through me so that we could, so that we could hear from you this morning, so that we could understand what you're calling us to, and God, that we would uh, realize that it's actually quite simple. Lord, there, there's, no, there's no veil of mystery uh, to it, God, but you've called us to, uh, to be minister, able-bodied ministers, Lord. So we love you, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So the first thing we're going to look at today is how we got to walk in virtue. Okay, so if we're, if we're going to practically 
uh, live out our faith, we got to walk in virtue or do what we know to do, okay? This is the most obvious thing uh, that we could discuss about how to be a Christian is first and foremost, it's to walk in virtue. Because if we're not doing what we know to do, then we're wasting our time. There's no point in learning more. Um, And so let's start with what we've already seen throughout the weekend, because the reality is that we, if we are unwilling to walk in what uh, we do know, then we're never going to grow. Students, if you don't do what God is calling you to do and what you've heard for him to do, then you're not going to grow. So the first thing we got to do is grow through what God's already shown us. Knowing and doing are not the same thing. Understanding it here and living it out, that's not the same thing. Okay, so let's look at this. This is uh, the, the progression to growth. The path to growth is, is found in 2 Peter 1.5. This is one of the, this is the start of it. It says, and beside these things, giving all diligence, add to your faith, what? Virtue. Okay, it doesn't say add to your faith, knowledge. Add to your faith, virtue. I think a lot of times though, as Christians, we just want to know a bunch. We, we like to equate our faith with school or, or with academia. And so we think that the more we know, the better off we are. But that's not, what, that's not what the Bible says. It says, add to your faith virtue. Of course, after, we, after we're walking in the truth that we do know, man, then it's a good idea for us to, to, to grow in knowledge. But first and foremost, we got to walk through what we know. And so let's review what we already know about Christianity. So I'm just going to go off the, the idea that all that we know about Christianity is what we learned last night. And if you're curious, right, this is what we learned last night. Love God, love people, okay? So let's read that passage. Um, so if you've got your Bible, turn to Matthew 22. Matthew 22. And what we're going to find, this is what... what what we're going to find is that Jesus is going to summarize, in my mind, this is the summary of all that, that God is calling his people to, right? We looked at, because what we looked at was this, this command to love God is found all throughout scripture. It's found in Exodus. It's found in Deuteronomy. And so it never changed all the way up to the time that Jesus was here. So Matthew 22, let's start in verse 34. It says, but when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. And so simply put, what what we know to do is to love God and to love people. So let's let's recap what it means to love God. What does it mean to love God? Loving God, it doesn't happen accidentally. We discussed that last night. You can't accidentally fall in love with God. Now, the prospect of God, the prospect of Jesus Christ is very appealing, okay? Okay. Whenever we, whenever we come to terms with the fact that we're sinners in need of a Savior, that is very appealing. And we can, and we can have an attraction to God based on that. 
okay? But that, but that alone is not going to sustain my love for God. In the same way that whenever I met my wife, I was drawn to her. I had a crush on her, right? I, I, I found her appealing to me, but that's not how I started to love her. I had to develop a relationship with my wife. And in the same way, if we're going to truly love God, it's not in word only, right? We, we love God by developing a relationship with him. So love for God is developed like any other relationship. This is, this is done by, by talking with him through the word of God, right? By talking with him through prayer and listening to him through the word of God. And so God often gives physical relationships to parallel spiritual realities, right? So we can understand more about God and the way that he desires a relationship with us based on physical relationships. And so the more time that we spend with our heavenly father, the more we become like him in the same way that the more time I spend with my physical dad, man, the more I become like my dad. I'm a spitting image of my father. Okay, I've I've shared this from time to time, but uh, my dad was a, he loved to garden. Man, as when I was your guys' age, gardening was like, that's that's not, that's not cool. That's lame. I, I was not interested in growing things but you know what I'm interested in now? Man, I'm, I'm in a, a, a group of old men that, that like, we have, we have a gardening group, right? Like, like we're, we're, we love to garden. And, and you know what? I got that love for, from gardening. It, it was planted. Uh, the seed was planted there from my father. There's a dad joke in there somewhere, but I'm, I'm going to leave it at that. Because you cannot help but take a, a, on the nature of your father, and here's the reality that our heavenly father, he loves people. We talked about last night how it's interesting to me how God refers to himself as father throughout the New Testament. What's he trying to teach us with that? Just with, the, just with his name alone, with the title, he's trying to show us that once you're born again, once you become a child of God, he's your father. And as you spend time with your father, you take on the nature of your father. And, and we know the very nature of God is that he loves people. Right? We all know the coffee mug verse, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's a good coffee mug verse, right? You guys know what a coffee mug verse is? It's like one that we hold, you know, it's on a coffee mug. We all know it and we all love it. But sometimes we miss what's being said because it's so familiar to us. But the, but the Bible clearly states that God loved us so much that he sent his son for you. Imagine that. Imagine that God loved you enough that he sent his son to die for you in your place. And all we have to do is to believe that he did what he said and he gives us everlasting life. God is directing his love toward people. And so if we want to take on the nature of our father, we want to become like God, we want to have a genuine like if we have a genuine love for God, he's going to give us a genuine love for the things that he loves. And so as we grow in our love for God, he will give us a supernatural love for the things he loves. And we know that that's namely people. And so us dads, we, we know this all too well. We can't help but pass on our love for other things to our children. So the things that, that, that I love, man, I, I, I pass it on to my kids. 
I can't help it. I, I, I just love, I love to wrestle with my kids. I love to be wild and crazy with my kids because that's what I, that, that's the kind of stuff I'm into, man. And I, and I pass that on to my kids and, and they're wild and they're crazy just like their dad because they're spitting images of their father. And that's what God is calling us to, to be a spitting image of him, right? Here's what Romans 8, 29 says. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. So what God is calling us to is that we would be molded and shaped and changed into the very image of Jesus Christ. And not only did God desire to save us from our sin, but also to conform us to this image. And so what, what, what was Jesus all about? What, what did he do? Because if God's trying to change us and mold us into the image of Jesus, we ought to be like that. Well, he loved God with everything he's got, but he also had a sacrificial love for people. And so if we're gonna walk in virtue, then we must first learn to truly love God. And this is accomplished by developing a deep relationship with him through the word of God and through prayer. We've got, we've got to hear from God. So we got to get in the word, right? That's how God speaks to us. And we, he needs to hear from us. And so we spend time with him in prayer. And as we daily fellowship with God, we will begin to love the things he loves and hate the things that he hates. We cannot help again, but take on the nature of our father, right? And so that leads us to our next point, of loving people. This is just a review because we know that God loves people. And so if we truly love God, he's gonna give us a heart for the things that he loves. And so let's, let's, let's consider how does this love practically work itself out? How did Jesus demonstrate his love for people? Because again, we're trying to be conformed to his image. So this is what it says in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. This is how Jesus demonstrated his love for, for us, right? But God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We've already talked about it the last two sessions, but the Bible tells us in John 15 that there's no greater love than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus calls you a friend if you, if you continue in his word. That's the greatest love that we can possibly have and demonstrate to humanity is to lay our lives down the way that Jesus did for us. Jesus demonstrated his love for humanity by giving himself for us. John, we just, I just read that. I just quoted that. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And so to walk in virtue, we must learn to love God and also love people as Christ loved us. And here's the crazy part about it. Neither of, neither of these things come naturally. We can't do it in the flesh. It's impossible for me to have a genuine love for God if it doesn't come from, 
from, from the Spirit of God. It's impossible for me to genuinely love people if that love doesn't come from the Lord. Both are developed through a deep relationship with God, through, through the Word of God, and through the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so let's look at, let, let's look at how this love is demonstrated. This is not a natural love. So how does, how does this work itself out in our life? A, so let's look at a practical basis for sacrificially loving, right? In the same way that Jesus laid down his life for the world, we demonstrate our love for people by laying our lives down for them. Okay, there's a pattern. Jesus not only came to die in our place as us, but he also came to show us how to live. You know, we, we talked about how, how Jesus, he, he's the second born of God. And what Jesus, the whole, one of the major points of, of Jesus' life was to show us what it looks like to be a son of God that's fully yielded to God, fully yielded to the leading of the Spirit in his life. Of course, we're not God, we're not perfect. We, we were born of flesh. God was born of a virgin, so he wasn't born in the flesh like we were. But we are born in the flesh, but Jesus he came to demonstrate what it would look like if we would fully yield ourselves to God and to the Spirit of God in our lives. And so um, let's look at this, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Because in the same way that Jesus laid down his life for the world, this is how we're gonna demonstrate our love for the world is by laying our life down for the world. And Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. And so what Jesus tells his disciples is to go to the world, preach the gospel of Jesus to them, baptize them, and make disciples of all nations. This is the most unnatural thing for the natural man. Does anybody like read that and think, man, I want to do that? I mean, when, when the Spirit of God has a hold of us, man, we, we, like when we catch vision of what God's doing, we want to jump in on that. But like naturally, I read that and I'm like, no, I just want to go to my couch, right? I don't want to go to the world. I, I would rather just, just go and find a, a corner to sit in and read a book and have a cup of coffee, right? But the crazy thing about it is that we can't do it in the flesh. And that's, God is trying to show us that, that we are incapable, but he is more than able. And he wants to make you an able-bodied minister. That's what I love about the Lord is that he can use you. If he can use me, right, then he can use you. And that's what he's calling us to is he's, he, he wants to use every single one of us. And so I want to show you how this is, uh, lays at, how Paul lays this out in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us the ministry of reconciliation. This is what God's calling you to. If you, if you have met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he, he's calling you to the ministry of reconciliation. 
He's calling you to make an impact in the lives of your neighbors, an impact in the lives of your friends at school, an impact in your family's lives. Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. And listen to this. The Bible tells us that that God has given us the authority to speak on the behalf of of God. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ. We speak on the behalf of Christ as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so the reality is that we've been given the ministry of, of reconciliation. We've been given this commission to love people sacrificially. In order to truly show someone the love of God, here's the reality. You have to lay your life down for them in the same way that Jesus did for us. Sharing the gospel with someone is literally saying, I am dying to myself because you're worth it. I'm willing to die to myself, to put myself in an uncomfortable situation to get you the truth. We gotta, that takes mortification of the flesh. We've got to die to ourselves in order to accomplish this mission because I don't want to do that. My flesh does not want to talk to strangers. My flesh does not want to talk to anybody. Man, I'm an introvert of introverts. Man, I'm telling you, this is not natural for most of us. But the reality is that, that when we fall in love with the word of God, and we fall in love with the God of the word, he gives us a love for the things that he loves and he loves people. So there's literally no greater love than that we could demonstrate this love to humanity by taking the truth to them, by taking the truth that Jesus died on a cross for your sins and that he was buried in a tomb and that three days later, he rose again, conquering death and defeating hell. And in turn, all we have to do to receive of that gift is to, is to confess and believe. In order to, to share that with your friends, that is true love, right? Because we may lose a friend if we share that, right? And, and if you really want to take this, if you want to think about it in, the, in these terms, there are brothers and sisters all throughout the world today that if they were to literally share that with people, they could lose their life. They're literally laying their life down for, this, for the truth of the gospel. And so if we want to demonstrate our love for humanity, we've got to take the mission that God has given us very seriously. That is how we demonstrate the love of God to the world. It's not by being kind only, right? I mean, if you're a jerk, who's going to listen to your message? If your message and your life don't align no one's going to care. Okay, so I'm not calling you, I'm not saying that, that like we're, that we, we, we do this, at, you know, in a rude way because again, if we love God, we know that God loves people and it and it's, and organically works itself out by, through the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so here's the thing, it can't be done in the flesh. So if, if you do not genuinely love people, this is never going to happen. The love we, we are being called to is a supernatural love it's a love that lays its life down for, for its friend, for its enemy. We talked about last night how 
the, the love that God is calling us to is not only to love those that love us, but to love everyone. Love our, our, our enemies. Pray for those that, that despitefully use you. A love that is extended to our enemies as well as our friends. That's what we're talking about here. And so the way that we demonstrate our love for people is by laying our life down for our friends. Same way that Jesus did, that's what he's calling us to. And that's not natural, is it? It's not easy. But that's why he gave us his word and his spirit. So let's look at a biblical case for sacrificial love. To to reiterate the point, let's build a case for this sacrificial love. If God is genuinely calling us to love people the way he loved people, where can we see that in scripture? And so I want us to remember some terms. I think terms are important. Words are important. The word Christian literally means little Christ, imitator of Christ. We, talk, we, we broke the word down. We went to etymology class last, last night. What's etymology? Study of words, right? So we, we got really deep last night uh, studying words, and the word was Christian. What, there's two, there, that word can be broken up into uh, a subject and, and a word ending. What's the subject? Christ, and the word ending, I-A-N. So in the same way that a musician or a historian, right, where, where there's a subject and then there's, there's the word ending. And so what we found is that someone, a Christian is someone who is identifying with Christ, okay? In the same way that a historian, uh, they study history and they identify with, as a historian or a musician identifies with music, Uh, Someone who calls himself a Christian is someone who identifies. We find our identity in Christ. So a Christian is someone who models their life after Jesus's life. We strive to be like him. And the Bible tells us in Acts 11 that the disciples were first called Christians. So we we can see that a disciple is a Christian and a Christian is a disciple. Okay, so if our life doesn't look like Christ, we ought not call ourselves Christians. That's what we, we, we discussed that. Our society today has, has deemed Christian, a diff, it means a different thing than what, the, what, I, would, what I believe the Bible uh, would call a Christian. In today's society, uh, the word is flippantly thrown around, but in the Bible, a Christian is a follower of Jesus Christ, a disciple, okay? So 1 John 2, 6, he that saith he abideth in him ought himself also so to walk even as he walked. Therefore, we do what Jesus did with our lives. If we call ourselves Christians, we're going to do what Jesus did with our lives. Jesus came to love and serve the world, laying his life down for humanity. We too are called to lay our life down for the world. Again, I want to continue to make a biblical case for this and lay it out in Philippians 2. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And this is, this is crucial. Let this mind be in you, which was also 
in Christ Jesus. What's interesting is the Bible, the Bible clearly teaches us that we have the mind of Christ. Okay, so let, let the mind of Christ, which is the word of God, be in you. Verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, even though he was God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, what did he do? Even though he was God, what did he do? He but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So I'm not saying that God is calling you to die, on, to die the death on the cross. God, God probably doesn't have that for any of us in this room today, but he is calling us to have the same mind in us, to be willing to crucify our flesh and say, people are worth it. If I was worth it, they're worth it. Man, if, if God wanted to save me, he wants to save them. I didn't deserve this. But praise be to God that someone opened their mouth and they came to me and they demonstrated the love of God to me. Praise the Lord for that. And that's what God is calling us to. Students, that is what God is calling you to. A lot of you are seniors and you're wondering what you're gonna do with your life. That's what God's called you to. Now, the way in which that works itself out in your life is completely different than the way that it's gonna work itself out in my life. But I can tell you that that's what God is calling you to to love God with everything you've got and to love people the way in which God loved you. All right, so here's the, here's the plea for us to live as Christ. Now, I'm not saying that we're gonna literally die on the cross like Jesus did, but you are called to daily deny yourself and take up your cross. Luke 9, 30, uh, 29 says, and he said unto them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And so here's how all of this fits itself together. If we genuinely love God, as our minds and hearts are renewed and conformed to the image of Jesus Christ through his word, through prayer, through the preaching and teaching of the word of God, then we're gonna begin to naturally develop a love for people because we can't help but take on the nature of our Father. And this love is demonstrated by you daily laying down your life for people. We show them love by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and teaching them to follow the Lord by making disciples. This is the most loving thing that you could possibly do for anyone. It's more loving than giving them a million bucks. It's more loving than... Uh, then making them a meal, man. Let's make them a meal and, 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 and get the gospel in their life, man. If, but if we're, if we're just making a meal and the gospel's not there, we're not doing them any favors. We are God's representatives to the world. We're his ambassadors. God is calling you to speak on his behalf and he wants to use you. All you have to do is be willing just surrender, just say yes. We are to be Christ to the world. When we have a genuine love for people, then our message will have merit. What you'll find is that when you begin to demonstrate this love for people, man, 
I'm not saying we're, we're, we're going around bashing people over the head with our Bibles and saying, if you don't believe this, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm calling. What I'm calling you to is to demonstrate the love of Christ and pair that with the message of Jesus, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you know what? It may not happen overnight. You may not reach your friends tomorrow, but you know what? They're gonna, they, they know who to turn to when life, when life turns a flip. I've had it happen time and time again where, I, where by God's grace, he allows me to be loving to friends, to, to those in my sphere of influence. And, and man, they know, they know who to call. They know where to go when it comes time for them, for them to be ready to receive what God's calling them to. And, and so that's, man, in a nutshell, that's what I want you guys to understand. God is calling you to love him with everything he's got, everything you've got. And in turn, man, don't be scared to allow him to give you a love for what he loves because that is where life is found. When you begin to live out the purpose that God has for your life, it's a journey. I always say it like this, man, whenever, whenever I was a teenager, I wanted to be a rock star. Man, I was on that path. I was on that journey. And, 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 but I didn't realize that my dreams were just too small. Man, what I wanted, that was never going to fulfill me. But you know what does fulfill me? Living out the, the plan that God had for my life. Man, I had no idea that this is what I truly wanted. But when he changed my heart, when he changed my mind, and he put me in a position to, to live out what he's calling me to, Man, it's a life, it's a journey like no other. And so that's, man, in a nutshell, that's what I wanted you, I want you guys to know. And so as we, as we close D now, as we, as we depart from here, man, if you need someone to talk to of, man, maybe, maybe Friday night when we talked about why, why you need Christ and, and you're, you were, you know, the Lord was tugging on your heart, but you were too nervous to say anything. You didn't want to stand up in front of your friends. Go, go talk to your small group leaders. They would love to show you how you can meet Jesus Christ, right? And, and maybe, maybe you're like, man, I know Christ. I've already met him, but like I want, to, I want to develop a love for him. Talk to your small group leader. They would love to teach you, to, to show you how to develop this, this relationship with the Lord, how to have a quiet time, how to have a daily devotion, Right? And maybe you say, well, I read the Bible and, and I have a, a relationship with the Lord, but I want to go a little bit deeper. Again, talk to your small group leader. We would love to, to show you what it looks like to have a spiritual mentor in your life, someone to disciple you, to help you follow Jesus with your life. And if there's anyone in here that's not a student, man, come find me afterwards if you have any questions about what we're talking about, because God is calling you to the ministry of reconciliation God is calling you to himself first and foremost through his son, Jesus Christ. But if you know the Lord, he's calling you to the ministry of reconciliation and that's gonna, that will fix all of life's problems. When you get on the path God has for you, everything else will work itself out. So let's pray and then we'll be dismissed. Lord, we come before you this morning. I'm so thankful for your word, Lord. I'm so thankful that I don't have to wonder I don't have to question if what I'm doing with my life is correct because God, you've clearly laid out what you've called your children to. And Lord, I pray for these students, God, as they 
uh, are getting ready to go back into to the realities of life. Lord, I pray that you'd protect them and that you would uh, allow them to, to do something with what, what you've shown them. God, that they would uh, let, lay a marker down in the sand and that they would remember that D now 2023 was when they chose to truly love God with everything they've got. And that they chose that they were gonna love people with their lives, God. And, and, and I pray that you would just move in and through their lives, God. I pray for the body, Lord, as, as we depart. God, I pray that this week we would display the love of Christ to the world. And God, we love you. And we thank, we're thankful for you. And it's in your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed.